0: Welcome to the customer service Gold Dust podcast. This is the UK's only podcast where customer experience professionals share their journey, insights, challenges, and current focus in an ever-changing customer service landscape. My name is Gavin Scott, and I invite you to join us as we delve into another great conversation. Whether you want to increase customer satisfaction or decrease customer complaints, there's sure to be plenty of gold dust that will help you to stand out. A very warm welcome to the Customer Service Gold Dust Podcast, and I'm your host, Gavin Scott. And today, I'm delighted
1: to be joined by Kale Ratigan. Am I got that right, Kale? You have, yeah. No, normally people don't get it right. I normally get a Kyle or Kaylee, but yeah, it's Kyle. I yeah, like the cabbage, I normally say.
0: like yeah. the cabbage. Okay, Greg. So <laughs> as long as I've got that right, yeah. it's important to make sure that we get those names right. And listen, I had my first conversation with Kyle during lockdown, lockdown number one, I think it was. And I knew <laughs> after that initial conversation that he would be a great person to have on the show. And so... Kale's also from West Yorkshire and works in Leeds, a place that I hold dear to my heart. In fact, Leeds was where I first met my wife back in 2001. Can you believe that? Nice. So, Kale, uh, welcome to the pod and great to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. Certainly is. Certainly is. So listen, let's get stuck into some of the content then, shall we? So just thinking about your journey then, Kale. tell us a little bit about the role that you do right now.
1: So I am newly appointed, as of December, head of customer service for SkyBet and Gaming. Um, So multiple products, biggest one is SkyBet, but then we've got kind of like Vegas Casino, Bingo, Volker, all the kind of fun, sexy stuff. Wow. I mean, with all that sort of stuff, then I can imagine it is quite fun and quite sexy in your house. Look
2: at that, yes?
1: It is. um, I call it the office that never sleeps, although it's a remote office at the minute, but it is probably the craziest place I have ever worked yeah, it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, that's important, isn't it, to be to be fun and a little bit crazy at times. And so congratulations
0: on Thank the uh, new role. Well done. And so tell me, how did you get into customer
1: service then? It's a bit of a weird story, really. I was not very good at school. I, I just really struggled to learn, but learn the way that school teaches. I was very much kind of a doer and I'll learn. My family are all hairdressers. So my grandma was a hairdresser and a Barber. My mum was a, a ladies hairdresser. I mean, I probably should be admitting this if anyone from work listens, but I used to skive school quite a lot and go and work in a salon with my mum, putting in perm rods, washing hair, sweeping the floor. And I think that's really where I kind of learned the customer service skills. Like you've got the customer right in front of you and you can tell by their face, their tone, whether they're happy or they're sad, right? And I just had this knack of knowing from somebody's face whether they were Happy you I mean, I guess you've all been in the hairdressing chair and someone's done something awful and you've been like, I'm not gonna say anything, but then gone and then you've got your monitoring up later on. But yeah. I could I could get that vibe beforehand. So I would never let them leave without feeling that they've kind of expressed what they were feeling. Yeah. And it was from then that I was just kind of like, actually, this hairdressing lacks for me. So I kind of just started to focus on hairdressing full time until I got to about 19 and I moved into kind of a cooler salon, so I went to work for a company called Tony Guy. Right. It, the environment it was it wasn't like the high street hairdressing I was used to. It was a little bit more serious, everyone was super cool, and I was just so uncool. And I just found myself feeling uncomfortable. So I, I went to work in a call center thinking, you know, what does a, a young man who just moved to Leeds do? And a call centre was the, was the job. So that's how I initially got into customer service in a call center, but my skills really came from been on the shop floor in a hairdressers. Right. So let's play this back then. So similar to me, didn't get
0: great results at school. Hairdressing was in the family. And yeah. uh, certainly uh, I think it's a great foundation for for customer service, yeah. uh, is hairdressing yeah. and connecting with people. And then moving into a uh, contact center at the age of 19, yes? Yeah. That's correct, yeah. Okay, great. And so when did you start
1: getting serious About your role within customer service then, Kale. Pretty much straight away, I I just loved speaking to people and very much just being on the phones. And I used to do crazy amounts of overtime. And and, and my first proper job was with O2. And I was kind of in that boom of mobile phones as well. So going from like the the old 3310s, actually, when I first started, we were just experimenting with smartphones and I just loved technology. So actually I was talking about something all day long, about something that I absolutely loved. And quickly became really good at it. So they started using me as like a coach to help other people. And then I went on to it was kind of based around sales. So I started to look after kind of incentivizing our staff, which then led me into an engagement role, which was making our staff feel more comfortable to have better conversations in the in the contact center. So it really did kind of just grow really quickly, and was I almost thought hairdressing was what I was meant to do. But when I started all two, I was like. Oh my God, I just absolutely love going to work and I just love what I'm doing. And people couldn't understand why, you know, I'd be the first person to jump on the phones. I actually remember when the first iPhone launched, Right. I know too, I'd like the exclusivity on it. And I remember having three phones, like 5 <laughs> phones, just speaking to different customers, trying to get them stock. And it was just the most exciting thing that I'd ever done. And I think it was there where I felt like, actually, this is, this is where I want to be. And if you'd have asked me then, I would thought I would have been at O2 for the rest of my life because I was just so obsessed with it.
0: a very warm welcome to another episode of the customer service gold dust podcast in this episode i'm delighted to be joined by carol burgess and uh, i met carol well, it must have been 2015 2016 and so i was really pleased when she agreed to come on the podcast did a bit of a chinese burn with her to uh, to get her onto the session today so carol it's great to have you welcome to the customer service gold dust podcast
3: Thanks for having me, Gav. I was, I was delighted to be asked. So no Chinese burns needed, but it's brilliant to join you and, and really excited to be part of your podcast series.
0: No, that's great. And listen, thanks. Thanks for coming on. So let's make a start then, shall we, Carol? Just talk me through, you know, what's the role that you do right now?
3: Absolutely. So my role at the moment is that I lead a team of service managers at Alphabet in the UK. That team of service managers are responsible for the management of our corporate and international customers ensuring a really strong focus on service delivery and satisfaction. And their whole role is around driving continuous improvement and sharing best practice with the ultimate goal of our customers wanting to continue to work with us. So driving loyalty and retention and really ensuring that everyone knows how important great service delivery is to us as a business. My team are the voice of our customer within Alphabet, so they really drive service and innovation and change through the customer insight that they gather.
0: Great. And just for the listeners then, what, what is it that Alphabet do exactly?
3: So Alphabet are a leasing company, an international leasing company, and we look after various different channels of business at Alphabet. So we are corporate is our, very much our heartland. So our corporate customers are where our business began back in 1997. And wow. what we do is ultimately support businesses throughout the UK to have car fleets to enable them to do their jobs. So, so it's a business tool for them. But we also have channels with intermediaries. We have an Alphabet Partner, which is our broker channel, as well as other, other channels that, that we look after as well.
0: Yeah, and I'm guessing at the moment there's, there's quite a big focus on electric vehicles, is there?
3: Absolutely, electric vehicles is very much a hot topic. We were one of the first leasing companies to come to market with our Alpha Electric product, which really right. is there to support customers with making that transition to EV and when it first launched really making sure that the right people were going into EVs because it you know a few years ago it wasn't for everyone although now obviously we're seeing that accelerate with all of the the changes in in legislation that're coming and the real focus there is now to move to electric vehicles so a really exciting time and, and a, a big time of change
0: yeah i certainly think uh, from a personal perspective my next car needs to be an electric vehicle and my son's very good at doing research on that so i certainly I think I need to move across from my diesel to an electric car in the not too distant future. So what got you into, into the role that you do then, Carol? You know What what attracted your attention to it? I
3: think for me, Gav, I've always had a real passion for customer service. I've always been very relationship focused. I'm a great believer in in sales through service in, in whatever job or role you do. And I think that's really been a theme for me through all the different roles that I've done. But where I really started to specialize in customer service was during my time as an account manager. And then when Alphabet made the decision in 2016 to look at how we did account management, could do account management differently and introduce service management, that for me was a real turning point because that's when I really realized that, that for me, my passion and my expertise really sat within the customer service for them.
0: And I'm thinking right now, Carol, you've not had many opportunities to get out and visit some of your customers, you know, with the current pandemic. And how has that been for you?
3: Do you know what? It's one of the hardest things because obviously for me and for my team, we thrive on being with our customers, being face-to-face, being on the road and, and talking to them. It, it's really funny. Back at the end of 2019, when I was working with my team about, you know, how can we be more efficient in 2020 and and Get more customer value add time. One of the things they said to me was, Oh, we just get, you know, it's the traffic and the travel. And yes, we can be on the phone and talking to our customers and it's good thinking time. But traffic was clearly one of our areas of waste and I must admit yeah. at the time I said to them I'm not sure I can make that one disappear <laughs> sadly I did we're really excited to get back out and and see our customers we have transitioned really well and I've been really proud of my team in in that we've transitioned to the virtual world and video calls and you know I'm sure some of them probably have got their pajamas on the bottom half and a, a lovely top on yes. the top half but yeah. um I think, you know, we, we've transitioned well. We've kept up. In fact, we've probably increased the amount of interaction with our customers during this time, but we are very much looking forward to being able to get back in our cars and go out and see them in person because there's nothing better than a face-to-face conversation.
0: Hello and welcome to the Customer Service Gold Dust podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Scott. Today's guest was recently featured in a report of customer success managers to watch in 2022. And after looking at his LinkedIn profile, he describes himself as an occasional pop star, selfie taker, LFC supporter, horse racing and WE fan, future winner of MasterChef amateur restaurant stroke hotel critic and part-time blogger certainly plenty of bits of gold there for us to discuss there
4: so let's give a warm welcome to ryan noakes hello ryan hi gavin hi listeners thanks so much for having me on today Listen,
0: you're more than welcome, and uh, you know, thanks for agreeing to come onto the podcast. It's it's great to have guests like yourselves because if you think about that introduction there, you've certainly got lots of
4: interesting stuff that you can share with us today, Ryan. Right? Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's the one thing about my bio on LinkedIn and on my CV. It's different because even though we are professionals, people yeah. buy people, and it's good to understand who the person is behind the role. And so listen, let's just spend a bit of time on that because I'm sure there's many people
0: who you know want to improve their profile on LinkedIn. It sounds like your advice is to make sure that you have a little bit of you as you being you on there. And uh, so tell us some more about that, Ryan.
4: Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, I've not had it for that long. I've had it for 18 months, two years, but I've got a lot of connections, a lot of people follow me. I've got a really strong number of recommendations and that's because I've put myself out there. I've connected with people. I've asked them to to give me their recommendations and build up that profile. But one of the things that I see so many times underutilizing what LinkedIn has and not using all of the features on a profile. So I've actually put some content together for my YouTube that I'm going to be recording. and I'm helping out a few People that connected with me to to do a one on one session with them. But one of the things I've noticed to touch on what you said, Gavin, over the last maybe six months, there's this big trend at the moment about LinkedIn not just being a professional platform. And I think people need to show a little bit of their personality. There's this fear that you just have to talk about the industry that you're in or just talk about the role that you're in, but sharing your life, sharing news or Opinions, or I don't know, putting polls out there or just a sh- human element, okay, is really key. It's key to customer success, but it's key to any role. And as I said there, people buy people and you will find a lot of your connections, colleagues, prospects, customers that you may deal with will actually have a more of an engagement. I get much more engagement and comments and interactions on posts. They're not necessarily strictly professional.
5: And and I'm
0: sure there's many people out there, and you've mentioned the word fear, and and some people are quite fearful about putting themselves out there and, and sharing things in terms of, you know, what they're doing in their personal life. And so what would your advice be for those people who are a little bit hesitant about sharing not just the business stuff on LinkedIn? What would you say to those types of people then, Ryan?
4: There's two things you can do. Personal development is key. So I've done this over the last couple of years. I've learned a lot more about LinkedIn, public speaking, professional speaking, speaking to camera. I mean, I used to deliver face-to-face training in in part of a previous role. So I, I had a bit of experience kind of being on stage, but learning how to deliver content, storytelling, for example, which in customer success, is really valuable, actually, to be able to tell a story and get your customers to engage with you. So personal development, if it's something that you want to stand out in, in your industry, and you want to be kind of a leader, somebody that's going to be followed, put some time in to, to do that personal development. But I guess the other bit is, and, and as cliche as it sounds, don't be afraid to kind of open up. It's a really good community, LinkedIn. People will help you. People will reach out. People will comment and advise, but it's not a nasty place. There are, of course, dark areas of every social media platform, but don't be afraid because actually that vulnerability and people will see that, okay, people will uh, understand that this isn't something that you necessarily do often, but you're trying. And I think, and I've said this all throughout my life. People love a trial, okay? And especially when it comes to to customer success, but anything, it gives you that human side. Again, we're not robots, okay? We're not just content generators that just post the standard two paragraphs of something that we found on a blog. We're real people that can talk about stuff that's happening outside of it. And you will find that things that happen in your daily life will be brought back to professional job roles if you're job searching it's a great way to to make yourself stand out especially if you're looking for work because that's the window into your personality is what you put out there so yeah don't be afraid but definitely invest in yourself by learning how to do it well Hello and welcome to the Customer
0: Service Gold Dust Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Scott. Now, today's guest used to be an actual, real-life, legitimate, award-winning rock star. He played guitar in a heavy metal band, released albums and tore up stages all over the world. And he is now the CX evangelist at Pega Systems, where he researches extreme fandoms to understand how companies can create their own hyperfans. He shares those strategies through transformative training, engaging video content and inspiring keynote talks. And in fact, he was awarded UK's number one CX influencer, by the Customer Experience magazine back in 2020, the UK's most outstanding CX keynote speaker by Corporate Vision magazine in 2021, and the world's number 10 customer service guru by Global Gurus in 2021, and countless other notable mentions in industry publications like Business Insider, The Times, and Forbes magazine. Let's give it up
2: for... James Dodkins, hello, James. Hello, what an intro! I couldn't have written it better myself. <laughs> Do you know, I mean,
0: when I was looking at this, I was thinking, "Wow,
2: I mean, you've got some really great accolades, right?" I mean, how does that make you feel? It will. Go- I mean, I only put the good bits in, so yeah. no, it's really cool, actually. Like the, the the industry recognition. You don't when you're doing this stuff, you don't set out to achieve those things, but it is a nice little marker, and it is a nice little nod yeah. to the work you are doing to try and you know, take customer experience to a, a different place and to try and help the community as a whole.
0: Yeah. I love that. And and that's the key thing. I don't know about you, James, but you know, the stuff that I do, you know, A, I want to help people to have great conversations with their customers and certainly with the podcast uh, and the books and stuff, you know, it, it's about helping the, you know, the, the CX community to to get better as well. So I just love sharing great content and that's why, you know, it's great to get people like yourselves onto the podcast today. Yeah, ma'am. And you know what? There's been many, many of the guests who have mentioned you by name. If I think about it, we've had Gregory Uliano, who mentioned your name. We've had Jeff Sheehan, who mentioned your name. And in fact, recently I had a guy called Carl Sandland also uh, on the podcast. And again, he mentioned you. So, James, clearly you're doing something that's having a massive influence on the CX community.
2: Yeah, it's called, it's called bribery. Sorry. <laughs>
0: it works. Checks in the post, guys. Well, they were, they were certainly singing your praise, so I thought to myself, if I can get James on, that'll be fantastic. So before we get stuck into some of the things that you do today then, James, tell us a bit about your background.
2: So, as you said, I used to be an actual real-life legitimate award-winning rock star, toured the world, uh, released albums, was in magazines, had a video on TV. Then, after being an international rock guard, I took the next logical step, and I joined an insurance company, <laughs> worked my way through the corporate world, got made redundant from a job which has happened to many people. Turns out it was the best decision I never made, and I set out on my own. I started consulting and training I got to work with some really cool companies. I worked with people like Disney, Lego, Adobe, Mercedes, Microsoft, IBM, like loads of really cool companies around the world, training their teams how to think differently and how to improve customer experience in replicable ways. And uh, the issue was I was sort of miserable, to be honest with you. I'd created this corporate persona for myself. So I I never used to tell anyone that I was... You know in a heavy metal band that toured the world apart from actually i'll tell you this apart from one woman i did tell right and she was let's let's say an older lady a, a lady of more mature persuasion and so i was like oh yeah i used to play music and she's like well what what sort of music and i was like you know like he- heavy metal and she's like i don't really know what that is what kind of bands would i have heard of that play that kind of music and because we were in birmingham i was like black sabbath and she was like hang on a second so you used to make money from being a devil worshiper. And I was like, no, 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 no. You've got it all wrong. I didn't make any money. And I thought, I thought that was hilarious. She didn't. And, And after that, I just didn't tell people anymore. So I never told anyone about this cool music career that I had. I tried to create this corporate persona of what I thought you needed to be in the business world. And, I was spending so much of my energy on any day, just trying not to be myself. And it would, it just wore me down. And around the same time, you know what it's like, the customer experience world was exploding and I needed something to make me stand out a little bit and to be a bit more memorable. And I heard a quote from a guy called Jerry Garcia from the Grateful Dead. And that quote is, don't try and be the best in the world at what you do be the only person in the world that does what you do and it hit me all at once I was like you know what I can take this cool music career that I've had I can take this love of customer experience that's grown organically over the years and I can put them together and I can talk to people about how to improve customer experience through the lens of music so that's how I went from being a real life rock star to a sort of pretend customer experience rock star
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Customer Service Gold Dust Podcast. And I'm your host, Gavin Scott. Now, my next guest is a serial entrepreneur with over 20 years of experience in customer service software industries. And he co founded Dixer in 2015 with an aim to empower customer centric leaders and their teams in people first brands to build stronger bonds with their customers. And he became the CEO of Dixa in January 2018 and quickly led the company to hyper growth, growing the team from 10 to a massive 230 people across offices in Copenhagen, London, Berlin, Kiev, Melbourne, Tel Aviv, and Chicago. And so joining us all the way from Copenhagen in Denmark, let's give it up for Mads Veselius. Hello, Mads.
5: Hey, Gavin. Great to see you. And thank you for having me on the show.
0: Hey, it's great to have you and thank you for making the time today, Mads. And before I, we get stuck into the, the content of the podcast itself, I wanted to just, just check in. Uh, we have a developing situation at the moment with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and I can see that you have offices in Kiev. And so I just wanted to ask if your colleagues and friends are all Okay.
5: Yeah, thank you so much, Gavin, for for asking. Naturally, it is a very critical situation, very tense situation for for our colleagues and friends in Ukraine, but also, of course, their family and friends. We also have a number of people in our Copenhagen, London uh, and Berlin office uh, coming from Ukraine. Also, of course, very, very concerned about the situation there. So we're doing all we can. We have our entire people and culture team out of Copenhagen, London, working uh, day and night to figure out how we can help and assist, and also how we can get the people to Denmark or to the UK to work out of our offices and help them safely passage through Europe to Denmark. But of course, as you all know and see in the news, it is a very challenging situation we are witnessing right now. So we are we are praying for our friends and uh, and our colleagues there and then doing all we can right now
0: yeah i can only imagine what a challenging situation that's going to be for you and so on behalf of the listeners uh, let me send our sympathy and support from all of us here in the uk and uh, i hope that everyone you know is safe and sound and this whole situation will will quickly pass
5: very well said gavin we all cross fingers for for that yes
0: Okay, great. So listen, let's let's before we get stuck into the main reason as to why we're doing this episode today, Mads, just give me a little bit about your background
5: yeah definitely my background starts all the way back when i was 18 19 and i actually uh, i started as a customer service agent so uh, a job that i think many young people had back in the days either inbound or outbound trying to sell stuff over the phone so we are back in the before the year 2000 uh, then you can probably guess my age so i i actually worked in different call centers working with you know. Quite horrible, I would say. Tools and and also switching between tabs and systems and and all these things that actually led me to to build uh, very manual stuff because I also had a little bit of a uh, of a nerdy hobby by you know building web applications and these kind of things. So right. that all led to me going into uh, custom service management and then IT in that same company and all of a sudden i was sitting as a cio quite young and and trying to glue these these different systems together to to build a better agent experience actually so that the job was actually uh, doable and then hopefully having an effect also on the customer experience so that was how it all started
0: Thank you for listening to the customer service gold dust podcast. I'm sure that there were plenty of ideas you can take away and apply to your business today. Three things to do now subscribe to the podcast so that you can benefit from every episode. I'd also love to see a little review as well. This helps to spread the word and the gold dust. Of course, head over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, finding gold dust, how to create exceptional customer experiences. The book is endorsed by a former executive vice president of Walt Disney Resorts. And finally, visit my website at www.gavinscott.me and sign up for some more free content. Until next time, stay memorable.